rubs Taco's head. Like Taco has to get Yeah, get it, it was more of like an in-game dunk than like an actual slam dunk. Exactly, and then you no know, Jones does over the head, clears the head. Yeah, under the under the legs, dunks it mm-hmm. with probably what looks like to me more airtime. And I feel like his his level of difficulty was higher, so I'm not really understanding why everybody feels like Aaron Gordon was robbed so badly. Um, I know you posted about you ain't been that disappointed since Iguodala. I I wouldn't even compare the two. It, that Iguodala thing was a horrible rob. Iguodala didn't even get to the. No, yeah, but I, the thing is, is that with Aaron Gordon, is that like all night he's been getting fifties. But then, like, that last dunk, like, even though, like... It wasn't a 50. Yeah, even though, like, it wasn't a 50, like, the cumulative score altogether, Aaron Gordon should have won that. Like, the, but that's the, not how it works, and y'all, we all know that. Yeah, I know that. But it's, I just find, like, you know, the 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 layout now, like, in the slam dunk contest, the scoring's a little weird. Like, I'm just used to, like, you know, like, back then, cumulative scoring, cumulative scores, even when you get to the finalists, like, that would have been the score. Like... Remember, like, how, like, Vince Carter back in 2000, like, completely dominated, like, you know, that, that, that slam dunk contest? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, he just did, like, like, like all due respect, he just did, like, a basic dunk to get him, like, a 40-something. And then, like, that was just a wrap. Yeah. It's over. It's over. I don't know, but, like, it's a shame. I don't know. That's a shame. I'm going to be honest. I don't like human. I don't like cumulative scoring. Because if you do it that way, then the people who obviously get eliminated. So what happens is, what's the point? You're moving on to another round, new round, get over it. It's like the playoffs. Just because I put up more points and I didn't make the Super don't mean I should, you know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? It's a new round. The whole point of dunk contest, every round, you impress me with more dunks. There's been lots of people who have made lost a round, but had dunks earlier on that was like, no, he should be in the final round off of that dunk. But they don't make, that's just how it is. So I'm not going to sit here and make a excuse for Aaron Gordon about like you know I don't really care to be honest and Aaron Gordon is great I love this man dunking like I'm not gonna say but to be fair I like him better in games than at the dunk contest I mean he wasn't that impressive at the dunk he's to me he's not one of the better performers in the dunk he's not a neek he's not a MJ so you didn't enjoy he's him so you didn't enjoy that uh that dunk off between him and Zach Levine back in 2016 Come, come on, man. I've seen better. If you, if, come on, we've seen better. Vince Carter was our childhood. Like, that's, that was our childhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah, to, I, the, to yeah. this day, that's the best dunk contest I've seen. They had 20 years to kind of, like, work out different dunks they can do, and they haven't done nothing that crazy where I was just like, oh, my. I mean, it wasn't even better than Iggy's contest, him and the Nate Robinson thing. It wasn't even better than that. Oh. That's including the Zach Levine one. It wasn't better than that, so, like. What do you really want me to say? Like, Steve Kerr dunk. Was it Steve Kerr? No, Brent Berry. Brent Berry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to break the Berry brothers. Uh, yeah, he dunked from the foul line. Like, yeah, well, it's still, still his warm-up song. Exactly. Like, Larry Bird doing the three thing with his warm-up song. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've seen more. Imp- if I could see more impressive from ben- Brent Berry than Aaron Gordon. Aaron I, don't Gordon I don't know, man. Aaron I Gordon did- is not a short guy. He's very athletic. I want to see something. Blake was more impressive to me than Aaron Gordon was. Not to say that Aaron Gordon is a better dunker. I, I feel like he is a better dunker, but Blake impressed me more in the dunk contest. Uh, Jason Richardson impressed me more in the dunk contest. Like I could go on and uh, uh, come on. I, I'm I was listen. I'm sorry. I wasn't impressed with that Blake Griffin like dunk contest. They pretty much. I didn't like, say I was impressed with. I said it was better than Aaron Gordon. It, it wasn't like the the oh, ending God. with like you know just like them bringing the car out and then just dunking on the on the hood of the car, over not here. over the car. Like I'm sorry, like JaVel McGee won that contest for me. Look, 
I'm not saying there's never been no like questionable, you know, like who should have won. Like I said, I'm still kind of mad at that. Yeah, I, I am too. That's pretty much like every I single time I see Kenny Smith, I'm just like, you just mm-hmm. rob a man of a trophy you actually earned. I'm more mad about LeBron never being in the dunk contest for Aaron Gordon getting robbed by them. It wasn't that. I don't think the difference in both dunks was that just. You know what I mean? Like, it was a disparity that big that it's like, oh, he got robbed versus like, oh, I would probably give it to Gordon. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't think it was that big where it, the way people are making it seem like. I don't think it was that big of a rob, sorry. No, nah, listen. No, I agree with that. I mean, he did his thing. Just, I was just in on the jokes. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm like, people act like Jones don't be in these games just like snapping with his ducks. I know people like Gordon. No, he is. Especially uh, at Arizona State. He was, yeah, whatever, whatever. Arizona. Arizona, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, the light skin players, right? <laughs> team oh light skin. Oh, my God, he's, man. He's team light skin. <laughs> They're just all light skin dudes that could duck and it was athletic. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, anyway, um, so as we move, you know, from All-Star Weekend, congratulations to Team LeBron. You won $300,000 for your charity. And thanks a lot, Kyle Lowry, for causing Team Giannis to lose. You know how I feel about Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's a uh, second. Uh, we're heading into the second half of the All Star break. About like thirty-ish games left from the regular season before the postseason. Uh, you know, a lot of teams are we're hitting their stride. You know, before then, you know, you obviously got the Bucks, you got the Lakers, uh, Raptors. They lost, but after that, they were on like a fourteen-game win streak. And then you got the teams that are just like you know treading water. Teams who've pretty much accepted that you know this is a lost year for them. Uh, Reggie Jackson was officially bought out by the Pistons today, and he's going to join the Clippers as soon as he gets bought out. So, for you, um, obviously with all these teams, so which team is you think is going to have a really good second half of the season? First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I had some other things going on this weekend as well, so I didn't you know, maybe on all the, the – um, I don't want to say transactions, but all the things that have – you know, the acquisition yeah. that kind of went down. I didn't know about this Reggie Jackson thing. No, it, it just happened today. Um, oh, okay. Even, all right, so <laughs> it's that's, all good. that's a game changer. To the Clippers? Yes. Didn't they get somebody else recently? Or they were in talks to get somebody else or trying to get somebody else? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but um, Reggie, yeah, that's uh, – and I'm assuming he's coming off the bench. Which, yeah, which of, strength, of, of course he's coming off the bench. Which would strengthen their – Bench. Already impressive bench. First of all, don't don't say that. Like, of course he's coming off the bench. Like, why can't he not start? Because we already seen Reggie Jackson as a starter. I didn't think he was that bad. Yeah. I didn't the, think the he was that good is, either. It's not that he's not good. He's Reggie Jackson is good once he gets into a groove. Once he gets to a rhythm, he's fine. He's never a top two option on the team. So, I don't want to sit here and, and you know not be fair about that. Everybody has to get going. You've seen Westbrook shoot like. 28% in the game and take off So clearly you're giving him his chance. Every player, I'm not saying every player is going to be great, but definitely every player doesn't get that opportunity to shine like they should or what their potential may suggest. I think we always play no kind of stats and things like that, but just look at the roles they're giving on these teams sometimes. Sometimes it's just not in the coaching style for them or they're not prioritized. And I feel like Reggie Jackson would people obviously he's older now, so I can't expect him to be prom Reggie Jackson. He was definitely a talent that could have been better used elsewhere than what he where he was early on. So I still think he's a 
he could he could be a starter on a Clippers team. Expect especially with other players demanding so much of you and things like that. Um, we've seen PG struggle defensively throughout the season. I mean, people are not really talking about it, but I've seen it consistently. I know people say, oh, people get dunked on, he get cracked sometimes, but I've seen it consistently. And then you're talking about a guy people are considering a superstar, not just an all-star. So, I mean, if we're not, I feel like we're not putting the same amount of expectations on certain people than other people. But nonetheless, the topic, Clippers, definitely going to have a, a even crazier second half, I assume. Um, that's a lot of teams, I mean. Yeah. I'm going to say this, because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to try to take up too much time on this conversation. Pretty much everyone that is being successful now will continue to be successful. Um, now, when we talk playoffs, that's a whole different story. I can go more into depth about why I feel it's going to happen and who's not going to prosper or who's going to fall to or, you know, have the same trending losses in the first round, things like that, or who's going to get to the you know, conference finals and lose Toronto. Um, <laughs> you don't have Kawhi, sorry. Marcus Saul, uh, he has made a difference, but like I said, without Kawhi, it's just that that team's not the same. I like Nick Van Fleet. I feel like you know, Sock. I don't think Siakam is what he was in that finals or that playoffs this year. I, I think he's still a good, solid player. I just don't think he he's going to exceed like I thought he was. So that's well, he was an All Star this year. Like he's been progressively getting better under Nick Nurse. I promise you that. Not to say he. Won't, I, I don't think like yeah, I not agree. Not to say like, he won't get better, but I promise you he's a he a, he's an All Star based on last season, and I, I feel like people have to stop doing that. Um, he didn't put up no stellar numbers to like wow me. Nothing crazy. So also um. I said this not not obviously not on the on the podcast, but me and you have spoken about this earlier. Yeah. I, I've said that, you know, before the season began, that I thought the Pelicans were going to be a playoff team. I believe you said no, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah I said on the bubble. Okay, so now we're on the bubble, and Memphis better watch out because Zion's healthy right now, and they're closing on that gap. I think they were like four or five games back before, and then they're probably like a game and a half back now. So definitely watch out for uh, the Pelicans. They're getting things going. Like if Zion, you can't. Oh my, Zion is a freak, man. This yeah, uh, they're actually six games back. Uh, Grizzlies are above five hundred right now, and honestly, I expected the, the Grizzlies to be like a bottom five team. Like, but John Moran is definitely yeah. coming on strong. Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson. It's really Ja. Ja's leading the way. Yeah, I know, but still. But if you take Ja out the equation, there these guys aren't really doing much. As a rookie, Ja is already. I don't think he's better than Zion. I think it'd be crazy to think he is, but. Um, no, he's not, but he's, for what he's, Memphis he's, needs? He, for opposing defenses, he's bringing them in. He's, he's you know, getting that double team already, So yeah. which I believe is freeing up everybody else because even though those guys have been productive, they're not household names. They're not doing nothing crazy. Their numbers aren't like, oh, we this is it. Memphis yeah, just, is really going. They're still an eighth seed. Yeah, and, they're just like, you know, the Memphis teams of old, like, like oh it's great yeah Mark so yeah Zach Randolph uh, yeah Mike Conley you have Rudy Gay you have Virginia Mayo all fine players none of those guys scare you but you know where you're gonna get every single night you're gonna get tough defense you're gonna get really good half court sets in the AFC yeah they're gonna give you a fight and, and possibly might lose that AFC so here's my thing. I don't know the thing is that when the- you see when you see these Memphis games. Yeah. When it comes to the offensive side, Memphis has been known for defense for some while now. Yeah, they have. Even, Always they, even how they changed out players, they've still kept it consistent. Yeah. But the thing about this particular season, because that's what I don't want to stray too far from this season, but when you see these offensive possessions, you see you see Ja 
in a isolation. You see Ja taking shots. You know, he's, he's showing that kind of Mamba mentality. And then on top of that, when Ja's missing, he's following his shot. He's getting those offensive rebounds to get them second chance points. No one else on that team is really doing that on the offensive end. So I feel like you take Ja out the offensive end, then that team starts to struggle offensively and they're probably just going to fall out. I'm not going to say they're not going to make the playoffs, not going to say the Pelicans will, but just watch out for them Pelicans. Yeah, well, the Pelicans, they're currently right now, they're 23-32. They're like five and a half back from the eighth seed. That The Pelicans got to string some wins together. They do. Yeah, and um, they, they've been having – they've been killed by injuries. Obviously, Zion's missed more than half the season so far. Drew. Brandon Ingram has missed time. Drew Holiday's missed time. Lonzo's missed time. So this is literally just a health thing. I mean, this, this is why I thought so highly of the Pelicans. They, I know what that's – I know what they can do. Um, Lonzo, very underrated defender. Um, I know he's not a 20-point guy, but – Boy, is he a playmaker. Yeah, like, he does everything else great. Exactly. So, like, I don't know. You're going to get hustle out of him. You're going to get work ethic out of him. So much vision, IQ. Um, Brandon Ingram, I mean, there was a, there was a string of games. He was just blacking out. I mean. Yeah, definitely. Lights out for this guy. Uh, Drew, you know what Drew can do. You see what he can do before these guys came in. It was just him and AD. Um, yeah, this team is Zion. is just – I don't have to speak on that. Yeah, this but – This team, JJ Redick is still, you know – Shooting, you know, from yeah, fire. but like even if they don't make the playoffs this year, next year, uh, they're definitely going to be a force, exactly. Because you know, Zion, healthy. yeah, so like Zion's going to have a you know year under his belt. Brandon Ingram is actually going to, you know, you know, obviously learning how to play like right next to another prominent scorer. I mean, he never really had that also in LA. You can also you can count the Angela Russell, but the Angela Russell was gone before like he actually had like a proper time to actually play, right. play with, play with him. Um, not the biggest fan of Alvin Gentry, but you know what? Um, but I think with that combination of, you know, Zion Williamson and, you know, Brandon Ingram, and if you could trade Drew Holiday, you know, to get more pieces in, like defensive pieces and whatnot, and like. You said Zion, trade Drew? Yeah. How old is Drew now? Uh, I believe Drew's going to be 30. Could be th- I'll keep him a little while. Yeah, but like, you know. I still think he's the leader of that team. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I feel like for this team, with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams to taking the shots, not to mention you have Redick and Josh Hart running off screens, you're going to need a guy who's, you know, going to be understanding more of half-court offenses, getting guys in their spots, so setting up shots. So I think Lonzo should be the starting point guard for them. So, Drew, you trade him, what do you get? Uh, a defensive five. No, I'm saying, I'm asking you, like, specifically, like, who would you go out who would you trade? What team would you trade with? Who would you trade for? You know, it's all hypothetical, but. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, a lot of teams are going to need a good ball handler. So, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because the most sense for Drew to go to is probably the Lakers because they definitely need a legitimate, like, ball handler, you know, to give LeBron off-ball duty at times. So that's not going to happen at this point. I mean, you're not yeah. trying to help. There are, you know, that number one. Yeah, but, like, the trade deadline's passed, so it's like you're going to I know, I know I get that, but yeah. even with that being said, that's not a team you kind of want to trade to. It's kind of like how people trade all these players and picks to the Patriots. It's like it's not helping you. You think it might be. You're just helping the other team. So I wouldn't even look the Lakers away, the Clippers away. You know, it's just certain teams. So – you always have to look at how you're helping the opposing team during the trade and also what you're getting to help you beat other certain teams. Like, Yeah. So, 
usually, you know, when you're trying to trade with a, a worse team, is less things to trade for unless you have something specific that you want to trade. So right now, I just don't see that 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 guy worth trading Drew Holiday for. I just don't see it. To be honest with you, and like you said, Lonzo as well as Drew have dealt with, uh, dealt with injuries, so you kind of don't want to trade a guy for somebody who specializes in one thing when Lonzo is still a health liability. That's just not how I would personally go about it. Okay. Especially uh, with Lonzo's brother coming in soon, maybe you know some uh, somehow you could finesse that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Start thinking picks, maybe because you know there's a lottery, so. All this is a gamble. If that's what you're trying to, if you're trying to be, if you're trying to make that sudden impact, then go for the gamble. I mean, like you said, you have enough players where it's like we have something building. They're young. Yeah. So you get. I think like the only untouchable pieces on the Pelicans right now is probably Brandon Ingram and Zion. Outside of that, I'm perfectly fine with getting rid of everybody. It's a shooter's league, so it's like you can get some compensation for Josh Hart. You can get some compensation for a guy like JJ Redick. You know, you need a guy come off the bench, knock off three three pointers. My uh, issue at this point is, not to say these things aren't true, they are, but if the if the if the if the players aren't available, we have to stop relying on what ifs. I'm not a big fan of what ifs. I've seen it in sports happen too many times. Even when they go after you know bigger players, they bust. Same thing with the Phillies. Three hundred million. Same thing with like, you know, Antonio Brown coming to the Raiders. It's just. These things don't work. It's like Sammy Watkins, 16 million. Like, why are y'all doing this to yourselves? Y'all not helping y'all team in the long run. I mean, not to say the Chiefs didn't work out, but this is not really a Sammy Watkins thing as it is a Kansas City defense and Tyreek Hill as well as Pat Mahomes, the, you know, young phenom, prodigy, whatever you want to call him. So, you know, these things typically don't pan out. So I think people have to learn to be patient and wait, especially – when you're in a league where teams are already set to make a championship run every year, you got championship caliber teams in the NBA who aren't making you know, the finals. So that just goes to show you how tough the competition at the top is. The rest of the league pretty lackluster typically. I think this is one of the better years for the NBA as far as competition. Yeah, I think last year was even crazier, yeah. to be honest. So yeah. we kind of got a little less this year. But And once again, you're listening to Uptown Radio, WJYN 98.5. You're listening to the Running Back Podcast. I mean, radio show. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, we're discussing, um, you know, which teams are going to have a really good second half of the season. And obviously, well, for my pick, it's kind of an easy pick. It's a biased pick. It's a homer pick. But I'm going to go with the 76ers. Um, what I saw for them – uh, last week on Tuesday, uh, after you know, we did our show last week uh, against the Clippers, you know Al Horford goes to the bench. They had more shooter. In, they had they had another shooter in the lineup for Con Cormont. Even though I still feel like Cormont should more be like coming off the bench as opposed to starting. I feel like you know Glenn Rice the third, Glenn Robinson the third should you know be in that starting lineup. You know at the starting three position, give them more. Give him more of a perimeter threat. Give him more shooting. Tobias Harris at the four. And I think Horford come to the bench. I think that's probably the biggest roadblock that the 76ers needed to figure out. Number two is trying to figure out how to win on the road. Because they're 9-19 at home. They're 25-2 and two at home, but they're 9-19 they're on the road. That's probably the biggest home and road split for any playoff team in the, in the NBA right now. But... 
Uh, I like the space. I like the spacing now that you put Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, three shooters in the lineup. Uh, Tobias Harris, I think, is probably the most beneficiary for that because now he has operate because now he has room to you know get the ball at the top of the key and you know work isos. I like the uh, the low pick and roll game between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons down in the low block. And honestly, like I, Al Horford is like the ultimate team guy. Like he didn't complain about him going to the bench. He's all about you know. It, uh, I've been on so many good teams. You know, I've been to the East. I've been to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Hawks. I've been to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Celtics, and I want to finally get. I want to finally break that mold. Like I want to be playing in the NBA Finals for once. So whatever role that you guys are going to have for me, and he still played around his normal minutes, like 20, 25 minutes, and he was in the game, and also he was playing alongside, you know, Embiid and Simmons at the end of the game anyway, but. I think that's big. Um, it's a shame that Brett Brown, it took him for this long to figure it out, but, you know, better late than never. But I think I think that this is the turning point. The, you know, Embiid and Ben have been answering a lot of, you know, media scrutiny about them not being able to play together. They have each other's backs. You know, they show the united front. Um, if it's true or not, we'll never know, but... All we got is their word. So, uh, second half is crucial. They're the fifth seed right now. I believe they are two games back from being one of the top four teams and at least getting a home playoff game, in the f- home home court advantage in the first round. They're just right below Miami, and I believe like four back from Boston. So, hopefully, hopefully they'll figure it out. Um, and you know, you know, finally make this finals push. Um, speaking of that, just shortly. I'm surprised now that you like mentioned them. I'm surprised Boston, with the young talent Boston has, um, you see J- Jason Tatum coming to his own over the You see Jalen Brown coming to his own. I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of Marcus Smart. I think he's better for team chemistry than actual just being on the court. Man, he's okay. I mean, I don't think he's bad. But yeah, but the thing about Boston is, is that Boston is not showing me anything different. Exact. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, they're not they, showing me anything different than what I've been seeing like the past three years. They took yeah, out you, the superstar. They're just switching the superstar, but they're it's kind of like the same results though. Yeah, Kemba. it's like uh, obviously you switched out Kemba for Kyrie, and that's good for chemistry issues. But I, I don't see Kemba willing that team, or, or even Jason Tatum. You know exactly. Like, it's ready yet to ascend that team over a team that has, like, a Giannis or, you know, trying to win, like, a seven-game series of Toronto as home court or even Miami with Jimmy Butler. Right. So, um, sheesh. If they can't beat Miami, then they have to – I hate to say it, but as you said, like, about what's two weeks – they need to blow it up. They need to find something. I mean, I, I hate to say, you know, when you got a team that Ooh. works – I know they just gave Jalen Brown a contract, so he won't be in such talks, but yeah. it – and in, in the, in the near, like within the next five years, three years, how, whatever you want to do, you have to look at that team. You have to look at, you know, contracts, look at who's doing what, look at age, because there needs to be growth. And I think that's what this team is missing growth. I don't know what it is exactly that they need. Maybe they need more body, you know, some more muscle. More they definitely need a center because right. um, after Al Horford left, uh, they. They've been playing a lot of small ball, similar to what Houston's been doing, but obviously Jason Tatum is just bigger than everybody in that Boston and that Houston Rockets starting lineup right now. Right. But I don't know. Something needs to happen with Boston. I don't know what it is. Something needs to happen. 
I don't. I'm, I'll be honest. But here's the thing: I'm Jason Tatum's 22. I believe Jalen Brown's 23. Kemba is like Kemba's the only old player on that team. I say trade Kemba. See what you get for him. So who's the, so you're gonna so you're gonna have Marcus Smart running your point. Marcus Smart doesn't have the trade value Kemba has. Kemba's older. I mean. No, I'm not saying trade Marcus Smart. I'm saying like you're gonna have him running your point. For the time being, here's the thing. At the end of the day, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You need to find out real fast why you have these players. I mean, I know people say they're young, so you're going to rush it. That's the problem. We always say this, they're young, yet, but the problem is you don't give them help while they're young. So what ends up happening is when they get out their prom is when you want to say, but they're just not the same player. So you want to get these players help while they're young so you can you can hold as many pieces as you can for as long as you can. Because, like you said, we already talking about a, a perennial team that can possibly – that has the potential to make the finals. So get – you're not going to give up Jalen. You're not going to give up Tatum. That's pretty much the main focus of your, your team anyway. Get rid of Kimball. You're not going to have him that long. He's Like you said, he's not going to will you to the finals. Get something out of him while you can without you having to go, you know, and find it or hoping you got that, you know. The so what are you trading him before is the question. Listen, if you would get a big body, if you get a solid center, then go get him. They already, have, know, a maybe, they already have a solid center. It's called Taco Fall. Here's my thing, yo. <laughs> if, they, I, if you want to give Taco a chance, give Taco a chance. But if you're not, I mean, I just don't understand that. I, I know he wasn't meant to, you know, he wasn't meant to be that guy for them. But if you want to give somebody a chance, give somebody a chance. You don't have time for all the like. No, we're gonna wait it out. See what you have. But that's my problem. People never want to see what they have. You rather people rather have losing seasons than to see what they have. It's like, all right, once you're not to say this is, you know, about Boston specifically, but. If you know you're not going to make those playoffs, start switching up. Try different things. Try different styles. Try different personnel. Try different rotations. Stop sitting here and settling, trying to win games when you know you can't win games. And that's probably also my biggest uh, criticism with Boston. Like, obviously, coming from a Philly fan, it's going to sound like, you know, bitter and, like, sound like a hater. But, you know, Danny Ainge had all of those assets. Uh, you know, the multiple first-round picks that he got from Brooklyn – um, after that Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce deal. And all those years, like, he's just been – they've just been sitting on it. You had your opportunity to get Anthony Davis, but you you didn't want to touch any of your young court. You had the opportunity to get, to get Kawhi Leonard before Toronto got him. Yeah, it didn't work out. It's like they're Sixers. Passing yeah. on players. Yeah, they, they had an opportunity too, but they didn't want to give up either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for it. So I will give up Ben Simmons for For who? Uh, no, the report was that – the Spurs want to either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid um, in the in a package for Kawhi Leonard. And what else they get for that? You said one or the other, like Embiid or Simmons, or Embiid or Simmons, or Simmons for Kawhi Leonard and with a, and something else. I think Danny Green would have been thrown in that deal regardless. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why the Sixers don't take that. You got a shooter. And yeah, Andy but Green's been. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a guy that's going to average 20, 30, but everywhere. You got a solid shooter, and Kawhi's going to. Kawhi is one of the players. He's going to give you a plus defense and a plus offense. So like, I don't understand why you think Ben Simmons is more. I don't know if it's an age thing, but no one's going to be mad if you trade thing, Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but the Besides thing is, is ben that. Simmons. It's like you would have given, you know, Greg Popovich a young player, then like Kawhi eventually leaves and goes to LA regardless, and you're just stuck with 
you know, losing a you know a player who's potentially on the cusp of being a defensive player of the year, first team All Pro, an NBA All Team, or probably third team for a, a one year rental, and then you're stuck with Joel Embiid, and then if Joel Embiid doesn't play, then you guys are going to be uh, it's going to be middle of the pack because you have nobody else to like step up and uh, carry that load for that team as opposed to like Ben Simmons did for the past few weeks when Joel Embiid wasn't playing. I'm going to say two things. One, y'all are a middle of the pack team right now. Y'all are the fifth seed. Yeah, and can you imagine if we would have traded Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid missed all that time and no, Kawhi Leonard you said, left? You said or Embiid, which means y'all still have Embiid. Yeah, and, and Embiid's... And that's, but let's, let's be honest here. Even when Kawhi went to the Clippers, he doesn't go to the Clippers unless Paul George comes with him. So he he just wasn't happening in San Antonio. That's just there was nothing they could do to get him to stay. If he comes to Philly, you got Embiid. Embiid is going to give you that that work ethic, and that's what Kawhi likes. He's I want to stick my man. Everybody else defend the man. I think Joel Embiid is a good combo for him. So you're saying if they're you... both very defensive players, very talented offense. I mean, how are you want to stop that? Let's be honest. And then you just build around that, and y'all have some players. It's like you know, have like, like you said, you still have if you still have Tobias. You still, I mean, Michael Scott's not do something with Michael Scott. Like you can get rid of him, trade, get something for Michael Scott. Um, you know, what I mean, y'all have y'all have things to work with. You know, you got the guy, or you got Horford coming off the bench. You got. You know, the shooter, I'm bad at pronouncing names sometimes, but the guy that replaced Al Horford, um, you know, he, he, he can help out a lot. So you have pieces. So I don't think Kawhi would necessarily have to leave. Um, as far as Ben Simmons, you're saying, you know, he would, uh, you you know, you get Greg Pop, a young player. All right, so what he's going to do? Is he going to is he gonna make a run in the Western Conference for the finals with him, L.A., and DeMar DeRozan? Is that what you're telling me? Because I promise you, no. <laughs> How are they going to stop the Lakers? I don't know. Well, in the end, hindsight's twenty twenty, and that was, you know, two and years ago. Let's say, right, but I'm just saying. Listen, my whole thing is make smart decisions. That's my whole thing. Make better front office moves. I think we don't talk about this enough. Make better front office moves. Let's stop talking about these players so much. And that's my whole thing about Ben Simmons. That's what I was going to say. I don't think Ben Simmons is a bad, bad player. But like, like you say, he doesn't even shoot threes. Like, what three career attempts? Whatever. Come on, yo. As much as you be talking about teams needing shooters, and your, your, your guy is not a shooter, and it's a reason you went to him at the four. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to win it. Looking from a front office perspective, look at a success perspective. I don't care about individual players. I don't. I care about what works better as a team. If I, you know me, if I had to sacrifice players, I will. And you could be a starter. I'll throw you on the bench if you have the black game and see if one of these bench players want to prove themselves. You have to make your team work. That goes for your bench too. Stop neglecting your bench players. If you know you're up crazy, give them some tip. Give them some play. See what they see what they're good at. Like you don't even know what your own players are good at half the time because you center your team. Around, it's not like football where it's like, oh, get him, get him. y'all. They send their team around one player, two players, maybe three if you're lucky to have that type of team. Come on, you got 10 other players. Well, you also need to realize that basketball was like only five players could be on the court at the same time, and 13 players can only dress. That's fine. So it's like, 
So it's five people in the court, correct? Yes. So, like, it's also the only sport where it's like this one player in particular can have the most impact on the team. Like, no one player has won a championship by themselves. Yeah, that's that's true. So, what do you want me to say? So, like, if you had the opportunity if to. If I have to get rid of Ben Simmons to make a better team, I will. If I have to get rid of Anthony Davis to make a better team, I will. Like, don't get me wrong. You know I'm a big AD fan, but that's that's fandom. When we're talking business, I want results. I want what's best for my team. I'm not sitting here waiting. I'm not sitting here being impatient. I'm making the moves when I see fit. When I see something, when I observe it, which is if you're the front office, that's all you have to do. You need to be observing and watching what's going on out there. That's your only job. The players play. That's why they call players. They play. You coach, you coach. You're front office, you handle front office. You're the general manager, manage. I'm so sick of everybody act like they don't know what their roles is outside of the players. The players are going to play for money. That's facts. And we've seen it in Carmelo. We've seen people go for these big contracts. People don't care about it. That's why it's up to the coaches to make it work. That's why it's up to the, the front office to make it work because the players, they don't care. If they win, cool. But they're here for a, they're here for a check. That's why you only see so many few players. All these great players, only so many have rings. Because they don't care about rings. They're not sitting here doing, oh, you're going to give me this big check? I'm going to take it. They're going to like these teams with no fan base, no, no anything. They're not really adding nothing to anything. So, we, uh, the teams will have to do better. Uh, I want to see more from the Mavericks. Hopefully, Luka can be more healthy this second half. Um, but I would definitely like to see what him and Porzingis do for the second half as well. You know, as well as the rest of that team. It's not a bad team, but okay. So the Mavericks are a good. Point. You said like you're you're not you don't want to be react. But the thing is, is that with your stance, it's a little too reactionary to react on every little thing. So I didn't like say every little thing. I said when, so like so like if, there's a time. You let's just say you're like patient. you're the general. Let's just say you're the GM for the Mavericks. So how long are you gonna observe this Luka Doncic, Chris Porzingis pairing before you? Before you realize, before you try to see, like, oh, which which one I have to get rid of or, like, what I have to do in order to make sure my team is better. Do they have to get rid of both of them? No, I'm just saying, like. Oh, like, hypothetically? Yeah. I'm taking Luka. Porzingis is not the playmaker Luka is. Um, Luka's a point guard. I mean, I know he's not short. I get it. 6'8". But Porzingis is also not short. They're both European players. <coughs> so, at the end of the day, excuse me. If my point guard, 6'8", who's still shorter than Porzingis, is getting more boards than him, getting more assists than him, averaging more points than him, is a bigger playmaker than him, a big, a bigger difference maker than him, then I don't think that's a question. Because you have to pay both, so. No, I'm just trying and to, if, no, I'm just trying to figure, no, I'm just just trying to understand, uh, no, uh, just your line of thinking. It was no, like, I'm saying, I would get rid of Porzingis. Yeah, no, I get all that, but it was just like, how long are you going to, like, he was like, well, you have GMs that, you know, they're, you know, players are going to play. Well, this is their first year together, so. Yeah, so, like, like, what are you going to do? Like, if it doesn't work, like, two years down the line, you're going to get rid of one of them? Two years down the line. Um, like I said before, you have to analyze the team. I'm not in the, I'm analyzing individual players, but I'm still analyzing the whole team. So, depending on what pieces they have around them, you kind of see what fits. If you Like, if I got a certain player, I want to know who he fits better with and what would make the team more efficient. So, if given the opportunity I got players that put us over the top to win the finals, but it, they work better with Porzingis, then Luka's gone. If they work better with Luka, Porzingis gone. I mean, as far as how long, I mean, first of all, 
I don't, they're not on these crazy contracts. They're not on like seven year contracts or nothing. So, I mean, I got, I'm pretty sure maybe, I know Luca's still on his rookie contract. So, you have a listen to the end of his contract. If we're speaking from, you know, like right now standpoint, you at least look at his kind of, you know, just wait to the end of his contract and kind of analyze the situation at that point. Right now, there doesn't seem to be much of a panic. I mean, let's be honest. They knew they were going to be the Clippers. They yeah. knew they were going to be the and that's the kind of thing too. You, I wouldn't jump the gun on those two because those are very two solid pieces. But you know you're gonna have to wait it out because right now with the current teams that how how they stand right now, you have to get past a Rockets team, which isn't necessarily hard. But it's not like the Dallas is like you know the top team in the West. So, but you know you have a team, a Rockets team you can beat. You're not going to beat the Clippers. You're not going to beat the Lakers. Uh, possibly you could beat Memphis. Um, if if the if New Orleans got in, you could possibly beat New Orleans, unless you know that team is full healthy. And I got the Pelicans all the way, but you know what I mean. So you really just have to analyze not only your team but other teams as well, and you know which you would have to go up against, possibly because obviously you never know what kind of trades are going to happen, things like that. So that's why I said sometimes you do have to be patient. You have to know how to read the league, like. Your front office, your buddy buddy with other managers and owners. I know you are. So, you know, see what's going on. I mean, and then adjust, 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 adjust. That's what coaches do, adjust. That's what front office do. They adjust the personnel. Like, I don't understand, like, this whole waiting or making these big trades where you know that trade isn't going to be significant enough to put you over the top. Never make a big trade if it's not significant. I always felt that way. All right, that's fair. And once again, you're listening to Uptown Radio, WJYN, 98.5 FM. And, you know, we're talking NBA. Um, second half second half is about to begin on Thursday, post-All-Star break, really good All-Star weekend. So let's shift the focus uh, a little bit. Uh, XFL Week 2, you know, has come and gone. Uh, a really good game this weekend before with the uh, Tampa Bay Vipers going on the road to take on the uh, Seattle Dragons. But uh, it was a really good turnout for the Seattle crowd. I believe 30,000, you know, uh, fans were in attendance. After a loss? Sheesh. Yeah, well, Seattle Seattle fans love their sports, so. Fair enough. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there's rumors and, uh, you know, there's talks and major consideration that, you know, more teams might add it. The biggest one being uh, Philadelphia has put their name in the hat. Yes, uh, I- so, yeah, so honestly, I'm all for it. I registered a domain, a domain name, and everything. Yeah, so. so we don't know what the domain is yet, but there's talks about them possibly playing at Citizens Bank Park, which I don't think is going to be a good idea because during the spring, um, the Phillies are also going to be playing in the same stadium. So yeah, Florida huh? spring training. Yeah, they're yeah Clearwater, but the season starts uh, early April. So so yeah, and the week is like, I believe three months. So it's gonna, you know, cost some intervening. Maybe it'll just save money, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well the link is just right across the street. That's the only thing about, you know, Philadelphia is like all the sports complexes are like right next to each other. Who has more seating? I believe Cit- Citizens Bank Park, uh I believe it seats like forty three thousand and the link of financial I believe it seats either between sixty three and sixty nine thousand. There, there there you have it. Yeah. Uh well, anyway, um, if if a team comes, then I'm sorry, DC defenders, I have to resign my fandom for one year. And Houston Roughnecks as well, unless y'all win the cha- 
win a title and I'll stay with y'all. But okay, first not, of all, they're not they're not winning the chip this year. Stop so stop it. It's not gonna be the defenders neither. Best defense in the league. Gotcha. First, first of we all, we two on the wall here. Can't. Phillips, I mean, so so do we. We had the first. Sh- we had the first shot out of the XFL season. Can't Phillips for MVP. Doing this Cam Phillips. <laughs> you just looked up one highlight of this man, and now all of a sudden you think it's the best thing about the XFL, man. Yo, listen, Cam Phillips, I stick by you one hundred percent. I'm rooting for the Roughnecks. They got a lot. Of, they got a very solid wide receiving core. A very talented quarterback. I feel like. I think the defense is solid. I know we had to pick six weeks. Week one, um, we're two and zero. So you know, I got a WW this past weekend. So go rough next. Woo. No, you're you're something else, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to support my team 100. Um, this is their first year. I have to go all out. Yeah, but overall, like, what do you think of the product so far? Well, so far, I love it. Um, you know, I think the kickoff is very really interesting. I like the uh, the extra point setup. Um, I think it's something that the NFL could potentially adopt and like use in like a preseason settings to see if like a little stick. Um, well, I don't think that's going to happen simply because if you if you like, this is a sports show. So that includes sports entertainment. Yeah. So if you are into wrestling, then you know how Vince McMahon does business. And I don't think the NFL would do good business, you know, dealing with Vince McMahon. So I don't think that will happen, to be honest. But what I will say is, um, if you remember the first XFL, the first time, you know, they st- it was a, it was a mess. It was bad. Yeah. And like everybody is, was like, "Oh man, I love, I love." He hate me. I'm like, that's the only pro player that you remember. Exactly. He wasn't, he wasn't even that great. And he was a four-string running back for the Carolina it Panthers. Knock it off. His name was he hate me. Like he made it to the league, but no. Rod Smart, <sighs> Carolina Panthers. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> he wasn't mad no four though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the XFL has. I think they're doing pretty good. I don't think. I, I think th- I definitely think they have potential. What I will say, I is, think the product now is a lot more structured than what it was. Exactly, it's still raw. I will say that. Yeah. But if you want to have longevity, I do believe they need to kind of like maybe it's a coaching thing. I don't know, but they have to strengthen their defenses. I mean, all these, you know, every week in and out, you know, teams getting up like forty. At some point, that no. If anything, happen. I think the defenses are fine. I think the quarterback play is really subpar. Okay. Because uh, I was watching. Oh uh, yeah, you got Matt McGloin. You had yeah. Cardo. Yeah, here's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> Go Buckeyes. First of all, that's Cardo Goat to you. Who? Cardo Goat. The one that didn't make the league. What? Well, wait, four years couldn't get a real chance. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What team? The camp? What NFL team? The Camp Phillips was a part of again. Can't Phillips too real for the league. Yo, not nah, shut, shut up, man. <laughs> but even after though, even after all that, like look where they ended up together, right? Yeah. In the same league. So what does that say about Cardo? Yeah. Um. You got he got demoted. Can't Phillips didn't get demoted. It's only up from here for Can Phillips. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing now is that it's number one. I think as long as like the fans come out to support, the Seattle crowd was really great. Uh, the game in East Rutherford, um, I believe it was 50-50. Half were uh, New York Guardians and the other were D.C. Defender fans. Uh, I think it's as long as the fan support is there. And um, 
I think like if you have like you know you know people like players in the league, you know, you don't know, like that quarterback for the Houston Roughnecks, realize like you know what I could be a star in this league. It, like Sam McCardell, like NFL is never going to work out for me. I'm never going to get a legitimate opportunity right. being a starting quarterback here. Like, let me just set up shop here. Like, I have a fan base right behind me. I have a coaching staff that believes in me. But also, to come in while it's still relevant, I feel like the scouts got to do a better job. There's no reason. If you start a new league, like you said, the NFL doesn't work out for certain players. There's a lot of players, whether coming out the draft in general. Yeah. Who just you know it's not enough spots you know because obviously you got fill needs it's not just like oh take the best player on the side yeah and I think that'll change like number one so, like Matt yeah like McGloin, I think next you don't go after Matt McGloin. you could go I'll, I'll go after Brady Quinn before I go after Matt McGloin. <laughs> people have to stop with these with, who they be going hey after dog, hey, hey that was your boy though Penn State legend right who, that's not my man you forget I went to Penn State but I'm a Notre Dame fan sorry Penn State listen I, I'm pretty sure you and Matt McGloin took classes together right no, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> So, what uh, you guys yeah. in that trigonometry together? Listen, I'm a big fan of Penn State, linebacker university. Bring it back, Penn State. I don't know what's been going on. Sean Lee was doing his thing last season, but he's been, you know, on my monitor for some time. Now, give us some linebackers. What happened, man? We used to produce these these big linebackers, fast, good, solid tacklers. Um, we, I mean, we got Saquon. Yeah, they're all in the SEC so. now. Oh my. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't, what you want me to say, man? <laughs> Some teams just aren't the same. It's all good. You know, sometimes a team is good and they're bad. Sometimes yeah. you go from Oklahoma fan to, you know, Ohio State fan. Yeah, I know. A lot of people can go from, uh, you know, Kings fans to Pelican fans <laughs> and then, like, for not to have no team at all. You know. I start off as a Bulls fan, so, you know, that's just how I ride my wave sometimes. The audacity. <laughs> it's just basketball. Only basketball I do it. It is what it is. <laughs> no, man, I'm pretty sure, like, you, you've been threatening to throw your way uh, your your Raiders fandom for years now. Yeah, but I didn't. And now we got the Las Vegas gold looking like the White Ranger. Yeah, but I... I'm going to stick by them for the color scheme. Yeah, until Derek Carr starts week one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Derek Carr. Man, trade this guy. <laughs> Blow it up. This Nobody wants Derek Carr, man. It's I, like it's I like I don't want to take him. Exactly, exactly. Give us Carson Wentz. We'll get you Derek Carr. You got a lot of nerve. <laughs> I don't know what, what you want me to say, yo. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want Derek Carr. And you, I, you remember me, like when Derek Carr first got drafted. I wasn't a big fan of it. I was like, you know, this is David Carr's. You mean David Carr's little brother? You mean he went to New Mexico State too? Like I don't want to see these teams come from these these corny, low ranked teams and then supposed to be the next best thing. They're not, and not to say Carr is the worst player, but that's because he's so, he's he's a game manager. Oh man, y'all get this man franchise money to a game manager. Good job, Las Vegas. Get Mark Davis out of here. Seriously. That, that that'll never happen. Of course it won't. We know how. We know. We never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, to boomerang about back to the XFL though. Um, but yeah, I think like once you add like more teams, like I believe like a Philadelphia gets a team, and then like you know other big markets like a Chicago, more players as well. Yeah, more players sure. will be able to you know get implemented because like there's plenty of talent. Like even just up the street, up at Temple, you know, there's a lot of talent over there in New Jersey who you know just be looking for like opportunity. You know, maybe you know co-hosts at the Running Back Podcast. You know, lots of talent out here. Don't be don't be afraid to reach out, Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm here. 
six feet. You know what I'm saying? I run a four four. <laughs> Solid hands, probably an eight. But I could be, I could be trained. I could be coached. All right, all right, Cam, I just relax. <laughs> we're here, we're here to talk sports. Now, now for you to sell yourself for sell yourself to the XFL Philadelphia Talons right now. Listen, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to put it on. No, I, I, I get all that, but no, this, this is not the time. You can, hit him, <laughs> you can hit him up on Twitter for that. Yeah, but anyway, we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, so, obviously, it's Black History Month. And obviously, last week, we, you know, did, we honored, you know, our favorite NFL players growing up. But I want to switch it up this week. Um, there have been plenty of, you know, athletes that have also, you know, taken a part of also – being a part of their community, giving back to the community. So um, with that, I'm going to pose this question to you. Who is, um, you know, some of your favorite um, athlete activists? Um, Chris Long is actually one of my favorites. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard because they don't always kind of put it out there. So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, giving back. Even when you talk about the Walter Payton Award of the Year that they give out, mm-hmm. um, everybody can't make it. Everybody can't be nominated. But typically, athletes tend to have a lot of foundations um, that relate to something they either went through or a family member or friend has went through. So just just before I say specifically, you know, I know I said Chris Long, but shout out to everybody that actually does take the time out, use their money to make a difference. Absolutely. Um, there was also, I forget his name, I'm sorry. I actually respect this guy a lot. I thought he was a good player for the time. He was a good player. So I don't think he's not really doing much no more. But he used to be on the Eagles team. He's a linebacker. Hmm. I used to ride his bike. Oh. He used to catch the sub. Oh, Connor Barwin. Connor Barwin. Yeah, I, I love Connor Barwin. Yeah, he's he act- he's actually back on the Philadelphia staff. Really? Yeah. See what I'm saying? I, I like that. Um, I know you know everybody can't always have that longevity. But I like what he does. I like his, you know, his work ethic. You can tell kind of his work ethic shows on the field, off the field. Also, Chris Long. Um, And just shout out to everybody. I mean, I know I just don't want to, you know, kind of cut people out. I appreciate everything that athletes do for their communities, you know, giving out their own pocket, giving out their own time. I think that's very something that we should, you know, something we need to commend more often than, you know, just an end-of-the-year award show. That's 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 honestly fair, and also I just kind of hate the cop out that everybody was like, "Oh man, well he's just doing this for a tax break." I'm like, "Listen, help is help." Right. Like I'm pretty sure, like you know, like all the people that you know, like Michael Jordan is helping out in the Carolina, you know, district, I believe. Exactly right. No, I was gonna care about you know that big tax break or like all the money Jordan's getting back. I'm pretty sure no one cares about that. I'm pretty sure LeBron doesn't care about you know him getting that money back for for. Uh, him building a school in Akron, Ohio, and it's honestly thriving right now. Here's my thing. I mean, he can get a tax break, or you could just give the taxes to the government. What does not matter? You yeah, I mean? exactly. Like Somebody's being helped. The government's not going to do it you know, nine out of ten times, so just be appreciative. Like, I understand. Yeah, and like, honestly, I saw the article earlier this week. Like, he's sending nearly over 200 kids, like, college tuition-free. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, him seeing the work that, you know, like Jordan, I feel like Jordan gets the short end of the stick because he just has like that personality where it's like you know what because like he's not in the forefront in the media like in your face in the media about it. I feel like he gets a bad rep for it. But I'm gonna be honest. As far as like the good he does, 
I mean, like, people, I think the, the people that can't, don't like him, usually something more personal about, like, if you play with him in the league or something, you know, yeah. something like I think the issue with the, the people, just like the regular people, is just like the prison thing. But obviously, if you actually research it, it's not him. It's not him. But I think <laughs> that still kind of lingers in people's heads when you think Jordan, like, oh, he doesn't get back. When, in reality, this is not even the first thing he's done. So. I mean, dog, do you see his pants? What else What else he spending his money on? Exactly. So. People, I mean, don't get me wrong. Nobody's perfect. So, yeah. I mean, he hasn't. He, nobody's perfect. I'll just leave it at that. But he's definitely giving back where others haven't. So. Yeah. Yeah, we just gotta commend those because, like, you know, those guys are in a, you know, a, a position in which they have the opportunity to give back. They have the power to do so. And like, even for like, if for. If it's hollow reasons or if it's, like, for moral reasons, like, it doesn't matter. Like, all those people that are getting help, it doesn't matter. Like, they just appreciate the fact that they're being thought about and getting helped. Exactly. And that's what's most important. Like, at the end of the day, they're helping human beings that are going through a tough time or a struggle. So, always look at it as not whether they're getting a tax break, but the difference in the people's lives that they're changing. I know there's other like NFL players also that like build houses and things too. Yeah, War Dunn has been. Yeah, oh, War Dunn, thank you. Yeah. Uh, he's lots of single mothers. He's giving them homes. Yeah, and so, I'm pretty sure like plenty of like NFL players that like uh, wasn't Deshaun Watson um, was one of the people that like he helped. You know what? I actually have to look that up. I'm not actually sure, but actually is very interesting. See, see how small world, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know when Hurricane, you know, the Saints were helping build their houses as well. Yeah. I mean, come on, just, I think we get tied into sports too much time that we forget about, you know, real life. Yeah, and he's he's had 173 homes that he's given to all, to single mothers. This is not even like a Hall of Famer guy. So yeah. you don't even have to be a face to make a difference. Uh, J. Cole, I know he's not an athlete, but I mean, yeah. he plays ball. He ha- he has been a student athlete, and he's he's done the same. He's given homes to single parent mothers and things like that, or you know, battered women and things. So like, shout out to J Cole too, student athlete, rapper, <laughs> producer. Yeah. So like, don't think that just because people play sports and they make so much that they don't ever give back. It's not true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson was actually one of the people that. Uh he built a house, like, helped his mom build a house for You see this? Imagine if that house wasn't built, what maybe position Deshaun Watson possibly might be, not be, you know, possibly being, possibly not might be. So, yeah, yeah, these things matter, people. They really do. They uh, it was either him or DeAndre Hopkins, one of those two. Listen. Oh, yeah, it's DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre, okay. Yeah, so, listen, one of the top three wide receivers in the league. So Facts. Something like Stand out of Clemson, like who knows? And also, like, give a shout out to Jay Cole. Also, shout out to uh, to Jaden Smith. You oh, know, yeah. yeah, for uh, for making that, uh, for giving out free lunch, vegan lunches to like you know homeless people all uh, in California. The water, the watermobile he does for Michigan, yeah, definitely in Flint, especially. Oh my, so many people. I mean, I know, I know, we're, I know we're you know it's a sports bro, but people this, give this takes that. precedent over exactly. sports. I don't. It's like people give so many people doing things. That people who have more than they have have more than the power to do so, but don't. And I love to see everyday people, especially people whether they grew up, you know, with, you know, more fortunate 
you know, circumstances or yeah. without it. I've seen both sides give. So that's just that bridge that we need, to be honest. Yeah. Just some good stuff, man. It is. Yeah. So, um, free agency is going to begin next month. So, one player, who do you want Oakland to get? Not that, that Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry. It's we still Oakland right now. We still Oakland. <laughs> um, uh, we need a quarterback. I mean, we need a quarterback. We need Teddy Bridgewater. A secondary. I actually don't mind Teddy my only issue about Teddy is we can't release Carr or trade Carr for Teddy simply because we don't know how his health is going to hold up yet. I mean, like, I know you mentioned Tom Brady, but I really think there's a 0% chance he comes. There, There place. is a rumored deal that a two-year $60 million deal is in place for that the Raiders have, are potentially ready to get Tom Brady. Well, if that goes through, I hope it does. I'll take – I know – if people know me, it might not seem like I'm the biggest Brady fan. It's not that. I just, I just feel like sometimes he's a sore loser, and not to say he's 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 not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I just don't think he's the the number one unanimous goal. I know why people say, you know, say so, but along with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick got the same. I mean, Listen, I all I want to do is that obviously, like first week of the season, Oakland is not my bad. The Raiders are always going to be that Monday night 10:30 game because of the time difference. And I just want to see, like, after a bad drive, I just want to see that Tom Brady, John Gruden argument, man. Oh, man. I would love it. Give her the John Gruden. I don't know why y'all give him so much money. I don't, I don't really do Anyway, that's that's all the time we have as far as the Eagles go. Don't overpay for anybody. Do your work in the draft. That is all the time that we have here on the Running Back Radio Show. You're listening to Uptown Radio, WJYN 98.5. Chris Thomas, Corey Hodges, we are signing off for next time.